Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Today we finish the book of Acts by reading chapters 27 and 28. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adaramam, on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province. The next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so that they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course, so we sailed north of Cyprus between the island and the mainland. Keeping to the open sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Laetia. There, the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy and put us on board. We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared Nidus. But the wind was against us. So we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island past the Cape of Salome. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fairhavens near the town of Laesa. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Since Fairhavens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, Most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, further up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor, with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought that they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and the wind... And a wind of typhoon strength, called a nor'easter, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of the small island named Clauda, or Cauda, where the great, with great difficulty, we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of, of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sirtis uh, off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. 
The next day, a gale force winds continued to batter the ship. The crew became, began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you, so take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, we were being driven across the Sea of Adria. The sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore, so they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the ship, from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board, after eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship struck fast, while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. 
Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt! Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that he was God. Near the shore where, they, where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. It was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail on another ship that had wintered at the island, an Alexandrian ship with the, two, with the twin gods as its figurehead. Our first stop was Syracuse, where we stayed for three days. From there, we sailed on to Regrium. A day later, a south wind began blowing, so the following day, we sailed up the coast to Putalai. There, we found some other believers who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome had heard we were coming, and they came to meet us at the Forum on the Appium Way. Others joined us at the three at the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he was encouraged and thanked God. When we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging, though he was guarded by a soldier. Three days after Paul's arrival, he called together the Jewish, the local Jewish leaders. He said to them, Brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Roman government, even though I had done nothing against my people or the customs of our ancestors. The Romans tried me and wanted to release me because they found no cause for the death sentence. But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision, I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. I asked you to come here today so that we could get acquainted, and so I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. They replied, We have had no letters from Judea or reports against you from anyone who has come here. But we want to hear what you believe, for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. 
So a time was set, and on that day, a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things that he said, but others did not believe. And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, Go and say to this people, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let, and let me heal them. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has been offered to the Gentiles, and they will accept it. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. And so this comes the conclusion of the book of Acts. In truth, this is the conclusion of Luke's entire biography of both Jesus and the early church. It started in Luke chapter 1 about being addressed to this man named Tertullius. And now it concludes here in Acts chapter 28. More than likely, this was the present day that Paul, when Luke wraps up his writing, that Paul is still awaiting trial. He is still preaching the gospel, even though he is in chains. A couple things to make mention of. First of all, notice that despite Paul being in chains, he still used the opportunity to present Jesus. Secondly, Paul had prayed and had shared with his letter to the Roman church that his hope was to come and to be able to present and share Jesus with them and celebrate together. That happens, and yet not in the way I'm sure Paul would have planned. We pray. We pray for many different things. And on our prayers, we usually have a very focused idea of our expectation of how God is going to answer that prayer. But we need to realize that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. God will answer our prayers perfectly. He may answer them if it's according to his purpose and his will. And he may even answer them in the way that we desire but he may not always answer them exactly the way that our expectation is. And certainly, that is what we see here in the life of Paul by arriving at the Roman city of Rome. God is faithful. 
God is always with us. And as Paul and his companions are on this ship that we read about here in Acts chapter 27 and 28, surely everyone thought that everything was lost. It would be easy for even Paul to wonder if God had abandoned, and yet God did not abandon, and Paul knew this. Paul knows this in his very heart, but he had also been promised by an angel that he would stand trial before the emperor. Roman, or rather Christian history and Christian tradition tells us that, that Paul would eventually stand trial before the emperor, that he would present Jesus even at the highest level of the authority at that time. He did so because Christ was the center of his life. He did it everywhere that he went and everywhere that he was able to share. And so we see that Paul's life will continue, but his narrative comes to an end here until we see him concluding his writings. What an amazing influence that Paul has had over the centuries. And now we're going to begin reading different letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison. That yes, I'm sure he would have preferred to continue to be traveling and establishing churches. But Paul's influence was mighty because he was in prison. And he wrote about the truth of Jesus. And because of Paul's imprisonment, you and I are going to have immense amount of encouragement and doctrine and help because Paul was in chains. So again, God doesn't always answer the, the prayer that we would pray in the way that we would desire, but his perfect plan always comes together. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.